The Stan Student Podcast is brought to you by Stan, a Swiss educational development initiative supported by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that Stan does with young people across Ireland at www.stan.ie. Hello and welcome to the Stan Student Podcast. I'm Anson and I just finished my master's in international politics. And I'm Anya, and I study history and political science, and every month we will discuss topics around student life in Ireland. Feel free to send us your comments on Instagram at stand.ie or Twitter at stand underscore ie. So on this week's episode, we'll be discussing the housing crisis that is gripping Ireland at the moment. In the last several years, home ownership has declined, rental shortages have increased, and homelessness has peaked. Soaring rents have become central to daily conversation and political campaigns and have sparked street protests throughout the nation. With students all over our country heading back to college this month, many will face these issues head-on as they search for accommodation this year. With on-campus accommodation unlikely to meet the 50% of demand and rents having risen as much as 15% in some private student residences, many will be forced to commute from home or look for private rentals. Yes, Anson, and although new purpose-built student accommodation is helping to alleviate some pressure, for many it's financially out of reach. How is this an acceptable foundation for any form of academic achievement? Yes, well, before students even um, have the chance to think about their academic achievement, they probably are going to the internet and searching for rooms or flats for rent. Um, So why don't we look at a few examples and um, maybe compare um, I don't know, some stuff from Daft with another city? Yep, that sounds good. I'll try and find some place from another city. Okay, so I found this place um, in D18, um, 600 bucks. Oh, but it's a shared room. Oh, is that a, is that a bunk bed? Okay. Um, oh, and it's, you can only, I can only stay there from Sunday afternoon till Friday afternoon. Great. So let's keep looking. 500 euro, that's not bad, okay. Um, well, oh, okay, uh, to share a room with three strangers. Um, okay, five, okay. But it's only 20 minute walk to Trinity. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. So according to a report done by RTE, Dublin is about the fifth most expensive place to live with Paris in sixth, Amsterdam in eighth, as a couple of examples. Uh, let's look at what I can get there. Wow, check out what I'm getting for 500 quid in Paris. Ugh. Yeah, 500 in Sacre-Cœur for my own room, three-month commitment, and month-to-month after that. Well, whatever. I mean, this wasn't exactly a scientific endeavor, but um, all these cities kind of have expensive rents that are difficult for students to afford. Many young people find themselves struggling to find something affordable and decent while at the same time trying to avoid scams. We got a message from a third-year journalism student at DCU named Sonia. She was telling us about what happened with her and her friends when they were looking for a place in Dublin. They found a decent place, three bedrooms, which um, you know would be perfect for their group. So she rang, she rang the man responsible for the ad and to have a chat about it. Sonia said they were excited just to get a reply from him, and because everyone else they tried contacting didn't even get back to them. Yeah, I mean that alone says a lot about the accommodation market right now. They have so many people looking that most of us need to send 20 emails until we get even one response. Absolutely, but for Sonia and her pals it got worse. The landlord actually told Sonia he doesn't even look at his emails because there are too many desperate students. Anyway, Sonia said that the man on the phone thought she wasn't friendly 
And he thought if all four girls lived together, they'd just bicker. That's crazy. All of it, actually. Well, you won't like the rest, Anya. The man proceeded to say um, that one month's deposit wasn't enough because it was the girls' first time living together. And he thinks they'll fight. And he thought they were inexperienced because they had never lived with each other. In the end, Sonia and her friends didn't go forward with that one, and she ended up landing on her feet. But uh, she felt that experience was very discouraging and that landlords in Dublin seemed to be getting even worse. The thing is, it's not just Dublin. Um, There's a case in Galway in the past couple of weeks about a girl who settled on a room for 700 euro a month in a house uh, with the landlady and 12 other students. This ended up all over a Facebook group designated to help people looking for accommodation in the city. Um, the girls in this case were all expected to pay cash and they had to clear their rooms every Friday morning because the landlady does Airbnb over the weekend. Um, so naturally everyone was outraged because it's very expensive and you can't even use the room the whole week. And when things like that happen, it can make students feel abandoned. I mean, everyone knows students are on a tight budget, so there really should be better options out there. Yes, and on that note, our next guest is here to give us some tips on how to find a good place to live. Now we're joined by Lorna Fitzpatrick, president of the Union of Students Ireland. Uh, Lorna, you're very welcome on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what the USI is and what services it supplies to students. Yeah, so the Union of Students in Ireland is a representative body of over 374,000 students across tertiary education. Um, so that's from like PLCs to um, institution, institutes of technology, technological universities and universities themselves. And we have a lot of different services. So our, one of our main things would be around representation. So we do an awful lot of work um, ensuring that students' rights are promoted and I suppose their interests are defended in terms of government and non-government organisations and so on. Um, and an awful lot of lobbying on behalf of students on issues that are affecting them from accommodation, which we'll talk about now, and like Susie and fees and those kind of things. But we also um, organise a lot of different training events um, for students and students union officers, um, such as Pink Training, which is the largest LGBT plus training event of its kind in Europe. Um, and then I suppose we organise different type of training events for students on the ground in terms of like um, with the repeal referendum and so on, we would have done an awful lot on canvassing training and so on. So there's lots of different things um, from local campuses to um, government buildings and everything in between. So it's good. Yeah, lots of important work. Um, so how did you yourself get involved in the USI? Yeah, so I was a class rep um, in college when I went to IT Carlo and I got involved in the students' union by being a class rep. And um, then I ran for local students union and I was an officer in IT Carlo. And then I, I moved on and ran for election to USI. But one of the big things is that um, I suppose like I got involved because I wanted to help people. I wanted to try and make a change. It wasn't that I wanted to be USI president. That was never in my mind when I was running for class rep. It was that the timetable was a pain and we needed to um, try and reduce that four hour break in the middle of the day and bring that last lecture up a little bit and so on. So um, that's how I got involved. It was wanting to help people and support people and um, I suppose make sure that everybody had the best educational experience that they could. And uh, that got me here. Yeah. Um, so going back to accommodation, especially mm. for students, um, what can be done by universities themselves to help the current crisis? Um, well, I suppose the first thing is t- 
not to increase the rents, um, which is unfortunately not what we've seen. Um, so in the past couple of weeks, we've seen where universities have increased rents on on-campus accommodation, um, which is causing, which is adding an additional layer of financial pressure to students um, and doing it at such a late time um, in terms of the, the calendar year and so on is really problematic for students and their families, like they're under severe pressure. Um, so the first thing is to... to um, try and cut the prices rather than increase them and but I know like the big issue comes back to lack of funding for universities and institutions um, and so I suppose work with us on lobbying on those issues because we lobby on those too and we want to see that changed mm-hmm. um, but the be all and end all for us is that students can't be the commodity that you use to fill the gap that's being left by government in terms of funding yeah that's a good point um, so from your experience and what you've heard from students, um, what are some of the main issues that students face either when looking for accommodation or, you know, when, after they found it and they're already renting? Yeah, well, I suppose, um, cost is one of the big ones and that's not a Dublin issue that some people think, um, that's the, the situation. It's not a, an urban issue, even it's not just the big cities Um, cost is a, is a, is a significant factor for students when they're looking for accommodation. Um, but linked to that then is quality and is standard of accommodation. So sometimes people can get really um, what could be called cheap accommodation, but it's really poor in quality and there's mold or there's um, like there's issues in terms of like drafts coming in broken windows and, and so on. So that can be an issue as well. Um, and I suppose the the um, overall it's the, the lack of available um affordable accommodation that's suitable to meet the needs of students and then scams unfortunately is another one that we have seen an increase in as well right so what would you say to any students listening right now who are still struggling to find accommodation yeah i suppose the first thing is that we know it's difficult and we know it's hard um and it's not that you're doing anything wrong here you're you're doing as best you can and trying to find something that's suitable and affordable for you um, and we are working to try and make that easier for you um, but I suppose one of the main things would be to go in and talk to your local students union officers um, they're either recent graduates or are still students um, so they understand the situation that you're in in your local area and they can provide you with a lot of support there and maybe point you towards um, different providers and different landlords in the area um, but to keep doing that regularly because some places may become available as the weeks go on as well so it's to, to keep on top of that and keep it going with that search mm-hmm. um, and I know we talked a little bit about scamming um, mm. and how it's becoming more common so uh, what would you say to someone out there who feels they might be being scammed by their landlord I suppose the first thing is is to speak up about it um, and talk to um, your local students union but also go, go to the guardian and speak to them about it as well and um, one thing I'd say that if it looks too good to be tr- true it probably is um, and that's one of the big things to try and get across to people um, and I know it can be really difficult when you're struggling to find somewhere and something looks like it's a great deal that you just go and snap it up um, and before you view it you've transferred deposits 
um, and then all of a sudden the number goes dead or there's nobody answering or responding or something like that so um, I'd say if, you, if you're at all concerned go speak to the Gardaí um, but also check out the fraudsmart.ie website we launched a campaign earlier on this summer with On Garda Siakana and the BPFI um, and that kind of gives you some um, tips to look out for if um to avoid being scammed but also what to do in the case that if you if you do feel that you've been a victim of fraud or that you've been scammed in the market that gives you a kind of uh, an idea of who to reach out to and who you can talk to in more detail and just to finish off um where can people find more information on the usi yeah so we're on all socials and so you can get us on facebook on twitter uh, and on instagram um and then if you want i suppose the more detailed versions of everything you can find it on our website (laughs) but (laughs) instagram is definitely the the best one at the moment (laughs) thanks anya there's no secret that homelessness is one of dublin's and ireland's biggest issues many people feel like they want to help but just don't know how that's precisely what giveback.ie is proposing, a way for anyone to make a difference. We got third level student Cahol Curry, one of the project managers at giveback.ie, is here with us to tell us a little bit more about the initiative. Thanks, Cahol, for coming. Thanks for having me. Great. So, Cahol, tell us a bit more about um, Giveback. What's, what's your story of giveback.ie? Yeah, so I suppose giveback.ie is a, is a digital fundraising platform uh, that works really closely and in conjunction with Inner City Helping Homeless. Um, so as of today, uh, we are on uh, Android, iPhone, and uh, or Android, iPhone, Google Chrome, and Firefox. So essentially, once you have giveback.ie downloaded on any one of those platforms, um, every time you shop at over 1,200 of the world's biggest online retailers, a percentage up to 10% of your uh, purchase price goes directly to your city app and homeless. Sweet. So I'm going to ask you maybe a bit of a tough question here, Carl. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, GDPR. Yeah. How, what do you do with our data? Uh, practically nothing. Um, we only take the data that we need. So um, essentially what that means in terms of the desktop. So when you're going on making a purchase, um, I, or I, not me personally, but give back to the, you can see um, what was purchased um, and how much that cost and what retailer it was from. But we can't see who purchased it. Um, we can't see where it was delivered. We can't see anything like that. So it's completely uh, anonymous in that sense. So it's completely compliant with GDPR. That's, thank but you. that's a big concern that people have and rightly so. It's a concern of ours ourselves. So I went to sign up last night and then it says it monitor all our activity. So I wanted to ask you that. So it's yeah. good to hear. Glad yeah, to know that. Um, we only monitor what we have to. Good man. Good man. Thanks, cool for that. Um, so tell us a bit more about how your organization, GiveBack.ie, is helping homelessness in Ireland. Yeah, so I suppose uh, that that comes in the form of our relationship with the Inner City Helping Homeless. Mm. Uh, they're quite a young charity, uh, which was quite unfortunate, really. Uh, they set up in, in 2013, and it was originally just... Uh, a couple of people who who drank in the same pub and and they noticed an increase in rough sleepers uh, around their area which is in the north inner city as uh, so they said they were going to do something about it and mm-hmm. um, they started doing a super run and then they started um, going out kind of in the lead up to christmas just offering supports to, to people they found rough sleeping and then i suppose it got to a point where they couldn't just stop doing it you know and it mm-hmm. developed from one thing in to another and now they're um now they're like an official charity and they run 
a huge amount of services from from their base in the north inner city and um, but they're always looking for innovative solutions to the housing crisis and um, I suppose that's where we come in we're looking to fund some of these new ideas um, the likes of, of replicating the Helsinki model um, in, in solving or, or playing a part in, in ending street homelessness in, in Dublin Gotcha, that's great um, wh- Why did you decide to, to get a part of this could, could take part in this? Yeah, so I suppose um, GiveBack.ie was, has, been, has been going in, in some shape or form uh, through James and, and Victoria, the co-founders for, I, I think, over two, two and a half years now. Um, I was lucky enough to meet James through Anactus, so Anactus DCU, which is Social, Social Enterprise Society in, in DCU. Um, we just got chatting and, and I suppose from there, one thing led to another and suddenly we were, we were working on the project together. Um, I think there is no bigger bigger concern in Ireland right now than housing and homelessness. Um, it was a factor in, in um, our lives, our friends' lives, our families' lives. Um, and I think it's it's everywhere for people to see. You, can, you see it walking down the street. You see it looking at, at Lettings and Daft.ie. So I think it was just we wanted to play any any kind of part we could to, to solving some of that problem. Yeah, totally. Um, last question I have here. Where do you see Give Back in five years? In five years? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Um, give back in five years should be on every every computer and phone in in the country. Um, it should just be a part of your daily shopping experience, so that no matter what website you go on, whether it's ASOS, Amazon, Hotels dot com, uh, you go on, you book your your hotel trip down to Mayo for the weekend, and uh, a percentage of that goes directly to inner city help and homeless and supports the work they're doing in terms of always making sure that the most vulnerable in society are, are being looked after. Amazing. You're a sharp young guy. Bright future. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Cole. It's nice to know that there are ways to make a difference through actions that seem small but will impact a lot of people. Yeah, as much as we're all struggling with um, these issues, it's great to have people like Lorna and Cahill, sorry for butchering your name all episode, who are making a major difference in Ireland. And thank you to everyone listening for joining us for our first episode of the STEM Student Podcast. See you next time.